favorite. Oh, I like one. I got one. I got one. I got one. I, think, right. that, I think Derek would approve. Okay, go. Derek, what do you think? <laughs> he doesn't know what it is. What's no, your, go for it. What's your yeah, yeah, yeah. favorite? <laughs> <laughs> I like that question. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of That Reload Podcast. We've got a great episode for you today. We have a uh, special guest who's got a subpar following on social media, but we'll get to that later. Um, right now, I want to catch up with the crew I have sitting across from me, uh, the booze, the man himself, Jeremy, the Kitchen White Law. That's what Matt said. <laughs> Always something different with Jeremy. Across from him is our producer and pit master. The man tickles all the clips, Mr. Matt Farr. Levels, levels. And last but not least, the sweet and sassy, sometimes salty, backbone of the show, Miss Stacy. Hey, guys. And you know what I didn't do, guys? I didn't introduce myself. I'm Joel. Here we go. Now, into the show. <laughs> so, so uh, Question of the week. Oh, yeah. Question of the week. Question of the week. Roll um, it out. You know, from our bourbon podcast, episode 49, we shouted out to you guys. We said, what is your grail bottle? And of? I know, grail bottle of grail what? Grail bottle of bourbon. Of bourbon. Your bourbon grail bottle. And I know, Matt, I actually didn't write yours down, but you answered. What was your grail bottle? Uh, mine was William LaRue Weller from a, a Buffalo Trace Antique Collection release. So I would love to get my hands on that someday. I've never actually seen it on the shelf. Never gotten to try it. So yeah. maybe someday. That's a good answer. I know, uh, I think. I don't, Joel, I don't remember. You've had that one though. Oh, William LaRue? Yeah. William LaRue? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, I have. It's very good. Well, I'm going to go ahead and read off what some, some of y'all's answers were. Um, Grilling with Coda, he said Four Roses Al Young Limited Edition. So I don't, I've never heard of that one actually. Ooh. Haven't either. No. Okay. Who's Al Young? Uh, I don't know. Sounds like a golfer name. He, he was an eighties, eighties uh, rock artist. All right. Then we had Tony Owen, twenty nine. He said Michters, but after listening to that podcast, he said that he was really intrigued to try Angels NV finished rye. Finished rye. That was so, a good one. We actually had multiple people send us pictures of Angels NV finished rye, where they, they went, went and bought it. it after listening. So yeah, that's cool. yeah. One of our yeah. one of our listeners bought two bottles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we had <laughs> one several for each people. Hand. Yeah, That's right. Several people said that. And that was part of um, our tasting. You're welcome. That's right. Yeah. Um. And yeah, that is, it's awesome. Uh, Straw Hat Barbecue. What the hell is he that? said Crown Black. <laughs> no. <it's> <laughs> <laughs> um, only the good stuff for Straw. What? Straw what? And then oh, Cheeky. We know cheeky, that Cook has some good bottles. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That Cook. Cheeky Barbecue said Michter's Ten Year and or Toasted, and then of course, obviously, Pappy. Yeah. See, I don't. Um, yeah. No. I guess if you haven't had Pappy, that would be a the like an ulti bottle. Or yeah. Whatnot. Like if you see it and there's no price. Yeah. You know, price isn't a factor. You're gonna grab that one. Yeah, and then let's the read one, one more. Lexus J. He said Weller Antique 107, which is definitely one that. Then those Wellers, those Wellers are hard bottles to come across if you don't have a, you know, a nice liquor store employee to help you out what do you call them what did britney call what, a, what do we call it's not a bartender it's a, no, it's a, a, a clerk liquor store a, clerk taster there's so much more than that though. Like they are person. they are so much more than like that. a barista Ooh, uh, a barista i like that okay a, a bourbon barista yeah all right so barista? y'all noticed <laughs> y'all been to the grocery store fall beers are out are they i haven't been to the grocery store 
Because <laughs> they think all COVID, no yeah. one's going. No, yeah, fall beers are out. I don't know. Is that something that when you guys see it on the shelves, are you picking it up? Are you even getting uh, even excited about that? There um, is a local brewery here in town in Chattanooga that puts out, uh, the, the name of the brewery is Hutton and Smith. They put out a beer called Rocktoberfest. And that's actually the beer that went in the pimento beer cheese that we served at Eggfest the first year. Oh yeah. And yeah. if you don't use that beer, it's not quite the same. So it's delicious. I'm I'm excited to get my hands on some of that for sure. Mm-hmm. There, there's one beer I like to get every fall. It's called uh, Paps Blue Ribbon, uh, PBR <sighs> for short. That's um, so allocated. It's good stuff. So um, you can actually get it year round, but in the fall time, it is it's very good. Mm. Only the best for you, Jeremy. A nice crispy boy when you're sitting by the fire. I don't get excited about fall beers. I do. Because like it's like, you know, when I first saw it, it was August still. And I saw the big display of them in there. And I thought, oh, pumpkins and scarves <laughs> and leaves. And you would. Maple. <laughs> Pumpkin spice lattes. Yeah. Oh, shout out to the uh, Potty Mouth Boys. Spencer was talking about a, um, a fireball whiskey pumpkin pie uh, recipe. And I told him when pumpkin came in season, I would try making it. So that's something that we got to have together. Amen. And, you know, that's funny because our, our gal over at Bob's Liquor Store, Brittany, she just made a cocktail and it was, um, it was like a Pinot Grigio and then some cider and then, and then fireball and then, and then fresh fruits and then, and then. <laughs> so that, that looked good to me. Yum. Anyways. Sounds yeah, like a Michael Scott drink where you just add a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in the, and then a packet of Splenda. Yeah. Ew. All right, so something else that I've been really excited to tell Jeremy that I've come across. Have you guys mm-hmm. seen, because I know how you love pizza, and I know how you love frozen pizza. Say you it like, the right way. You like uh, Screaming Sicilians. But have yeah, you, they're good. Have mm-hmm. you seen that DiGiorno is coming out with a croissant? No. A croissant There you go. Croissant? <laughs> a croissant. 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 Crust. Have you seen that? No, and I don't think I'm interested. No, <laughs> it looks so good. And guess what? I already picked up a box in there in the freezer. Look she was so excited for you, Jeremy. She, said that she really uh-huh. wanted you to be ha- happy about that. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to lie. I'm probably going to grab one and try it because it's really ridiculous, but that, that's a little, a little much. <laughs> How strange is that? But it's a croissant. It's, it's a, very strange. It's a croissant. It's like a marriage between two of the things that you like. Yeah, um, but it doesn't always work out. Well, I'm sure they'll butcher it. All right. Well, I'll, I, I want to get to this before we go to break. Um, Stacy came across this video, and I know there's a lot going on in our world today, um, and there's a lot of serious things happening, but I thought that, you know, this is something that we really need to address as, um, you know, as a podcast, as people. Um, and I want, as soon as she's going to pull it up here, I want you guys to listen to this. This was at a state, um, you know. Uh, it was at a local city council, and this guy in Nebraska, like, they they got, got to the end of the yeah. city council meeting, and the guy stood, they said, you know, does anybody else have anything to say? And he stood up and, like, went to the podium and, and said this. And so. it's, I, I think this is pretty powerful stuff, and I think everyone should, you know, how it's words, you know, take something from this. We'll go with this gentleman first, and then Jane, and then you, Okay. I promise I won't take up too much of your time here. My name is Andrew Christensen. Uh, I live at 1212 Twin Ridge Road. Lincoln has the opportunity to be a social leader in this country. We have been casually ignoring a problem that has gotten so out of control that our children are throwing around names and words without even understanding their true meaning. And 
treating things as, as though they're normal. I go into nice family restaurants and I see people throwing this name around and pretending as though everything is just fine. I'm talking about boneless chicken wings. I propose that we as a city remove the... Excuse me, I'm trying to... Yeah. Excuse me. Sir, come on. I propose that we as a city remove the name boneless wings from our menus and from our hearts. These are our reasons why. Number one, nothing about boneless chicken wings actually come from the wing of a chicken. We would be disgusted if a butcher was mislabeling their cuts of meats, but then we go around and pretending as though the breast of the chicken is its wing. Number two, boneless chicken wings are just chicken tenders, which are already boneless. I don't go to order boneless tacos. I don't go and order boneless club sandwiches. I don't ask for boneless auto repair. It's just what's expected. And then number three, we need to raise our children better. Our children are raised being afraid of having bones attached to their meat. That's where meat comes from. It grows on bones. We need to teach them that the wing of a chicken is from a chicken, and it's delicious. I propose that we rename boneless wings in the city of Lincoln. We can call them buffalo-style chicken tenders. We can call them wet tenders. We can call them saucy nugs or trash. We can take these steps and show the country that where we stand and that we understand that we've been living a lie for far too long. And we know it because we feel it in our bones. Thank you. Thank you. So we are back from the break. I hope you enjoyed that PSA right before then. But that nugget of information. That is oh, that was uh, the boneless wing of information. <laughs> that was a good pun. Uh, I want to get to our guest right now. I want this guy is a juggernaut on Instagram. He has a whopping one point two million followers, y'all. And I want to. He is the founder of Over the Fire Cooking. I want to introduce to you guys right now. The man, the myth, the legend, Derek Wolf. What's up, buddy? Hey, guys. I'm glad to have you on, my friend. We've admired your work for quite some time on the IG. Um, very primal, very primitive. Love it. And the food looks amazing. Um, I appreciate you coming on here and going to entertain us with all of your knowledge. Um, <laughs> first thing I want to ask you real quick is, you know, you, you primarily cook over the fire. I watched the little video that you did with, uh, I believe it was with Brio. And, yep. you know, you said that you had made a decision that you were going to cook. If you were going to cook, you were going to do it over a fire. Yep. So, um, well, heck, well, actually, first, real, real quick, I want to see what are you drinking tonight? I, I see you got a little pour there in front of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get into well, that. Well, so I do pride myself as being somewhat of a whiskey snob, but Ooh. I'm definitely not a whiskey dick. Um, but I, uh, but I, I definitely collect. So, uh, we got ourselves, uh, the will it ride just the family. Um, so we got that going and then I got actually really lucky today. I do. Y'all were talking in the previous session about having uh, a clerk or somebody that you got on the inside. I worked at a liquor store in college. I went to the university of Tennessee. So go balls. Yeah. Go balls. Yeah. 
And uh, so I worked at a liquor store saving up to buy my beautiful wife's uh, wedding ring back in college. Uh, fell in love with bourbon. And so I stopped by the store today and uh, I won't tell you where um, because people probably go on and try and find all the bourbon that they got. <laughs> but they legit, the guy walked in and I was like, what's up, man? And we were talking and he goes, you want, you want an awesome bottle of whiskey? I was like, uh, sure. And he's like, let's go into the back room. I kid you not, dude. They had everything. You dream of it, it was there. Not out on the shelf. It made me so mad. So anyway, he, I got myself an awesome Stag Junior. Man. So, Very nice. Yeah. That's so awesome. It's do, who you know. Do you happen to know? Yeah. what? Did they tell you what batch that was by chance? Um, 13, 14? You can, you can tell by the proof. Yeah. 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 So this is 132. Wow. Is that 14, batch 14? Ooh, that's a hot bottle, baby. I don't know. That's, that's 13. Where I'm not a whiskey dick. I'm, I'm a whiskey snob, but not a whiskey dick, so I don't know exactly. Pretty, yeah. pretty sure I, I'm, like a, I'm like a whiskey chub, you know, just kind of like <laughs> half in there, you know. But it's, uh, it's, I think that's batch 13, because I think your brother gave me a sample of that, and it, it was fantastic. Well, awesome. Well, cheers. Well, I want to know, like, yeah, how did you get in the back room? You just walk up there, and you're like, hey. I'm well, Derek. used to work there. I'm Derek Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> you know no, me. no. Uh, yeah, so I just knew uh, we were really good friends. And honestly, it, it you never get anything. Uh, you know, as Michael Scott said, you know, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take, a.k.a. Wayne Gretzky, a.k.a. Michael Scott. So I just asked him. <laughs> it, what, this is going to be a fun episode. <laughs> <laughs> And that's what we were able to get. So, um, honestly, yeah. But as you were saying too, man, I've never seen, like, I've never seen any William Weller LaRue, like any of that kind of stuff on a shelf. I've never seen any B tax ever on a shelf. Honestly, I've never even seen a stag on stag junior on the shelf. Yeah. Um, so it's crazy, but that hunt though, when you actually find it, it's so exciting. You're just like, it's like seeing a celebrity. It is. Well, so Stacy had just recently become gotten into bourbons hard and she is yeah. It started about three years ago when we started doing the tours. Yes, but it's been this this year, this year. that you are starting to drain our bank account on yeah. the reg. I mean I am. <laughs> oh a good buy. Okay, I'll get that. It's allocated. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Yep. Well before Is we there go- worse things that your wife could be into? <laughs> no. Purses. No, shoes. What? Yes. Wait, I, I'm not answering that right. I like bourbon and barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> I, I approve let's leave okay. it at that rolling out of this because we're about to go down a rabbit hole of bourbon um i want to talk about what i started talking about is your love of cooking over the fire um yeah bring me into why um and i and before you do that like everyone cooks on pellet grills or charcoal or you know all these different devices now um but you have chosen to cook one of the most primitive ways possible and tell me about yeah. that and, and, and why you're doing that. How you got drawn to that. Yeah. Well, first thing I got to say, I have no issue with tech. Like any, all the new pushing on like some of the crazy awesome grills that we got out today, dude. Every time people ask me what kind of grill they should get, I'm never shy from telling them that they sh- you know, should get a pellet grill or get, even get a gas grill. I mean, it just depends. But for me, I'm only cooking over open or live fire. Um, that also includes includes charcoal so anything that's real wood um open pit but honestly man i grew up outside i grew up hanging out and enjoying food over the open pit fire but i never knew that you could actually make good food over open pit fire there you go like it was 
it was just always like, you know, as the, the youngins say, like glizzies and uh, like nothing else. So hot dogs. That was, okay. this is, I'm, I'm, like, I'm trying that, to get, I'm that... trying to get better on TikTok, and I don't understand anything. <laughs> and so apparently glizzies now are hot dogs. I didn't know that. So I've never heard that. Uh, I thought that was like some like porno tw- term or something. <laughs> Dude, and you got fans I, I only. You could actually. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew that you could actually make good food over open the fire. Like I, I always thought it was just like you know the crap hamburgers that you got like quickly and through a little bit of like, you know, just some crap seasoning on top. And that was it. Foil packet yeah. dinners. Yeah, man. And I, I sympathize. I sympathize. God, I'm not I hate to choose my words. Right. Anyways, I relate to you on this um, because one of the, I was a gas grill guy for years. And then we, I did a lot of cast iron cooking inside. And one of the first um, outdoor, you know, grills that I got outside of, a gas grill was this little company out of New York called a Watchman Stove. Out of uh, Virginia. Out of Virginia, called a Watchman Stove. Um, but have you heard of them? Yeah. Okay. And all I did with that is I'd make a fire down in the bottom and I would cook over the grill grits. I never used charcoal in it. I always used real wood, and I just started a fire in the bottom and I'd cook. And just the it, and that opened me up to like you know like holy shit, this flavor is way better than anything else I was doing. Um, it was so, yeah. it was like, it was just a whole nother element on top of whatever seasoning or protein or veggies or anything I was using on it. And I, you know, I think that's something that can be, can be said outside of tech is that you, when you're using things that are that are just, I guess, I don't know, all technical or whatnot, you lose some of that raw flavor that you get by cooking over a fire. Yeah. Yeah, I honestly, about two years ago, I wrote an article uh, on my blog um, that just was the like the question, like, why do I even cook over open pit fire? Um, and I, it took me uh, a couple of months, honestly, to even write it just because I felt like there's something more, something deeper to it, to me, at least. Um, and I think at the end of the day, I realized that honestly, I cook over open pit fire because somebody has to. Um, at the end of the day, we're always going to be pushing towards the future with technology. Everything's going to get easier, quicker, faster, everything. But if we, maybe I always ask the question, like maybe there's something to be learned from the ways that we did things in the past. Like maybe there is something to be learned to build up into learning why we have pellets and how, like, why it's so awesome that we have gas, why it's so awesome that we can quickly flick a switch and our stove is set to 375 or something. And yeah. it's done. And so I feel like I get asked all the time, can you just do that in your kitchen? I honestly, if I, anything I make, you better as hell be able to do in your kitchen. Because if I can do it over fire and you can't do it in your kitchen, then I don't know what you're doing wrong. Yeah, boy. So I think that um, I cook over fire, um, bring fire food and people together, and also. At the end of the day, because somebody somebody has to kind of living on some tradition and understanding of why we why we got where we are now. Yeah. And so when I first got into barbecue, uh, I got an offset smoker and was, you know, cooking over real fire there. And one of the things that really drew me to that was the process of it, you know, getting up early, getting out there, starting the fire, uh, you know, building it from a small fire up into a bigger fire that's going to smoke and breathe correctly. So I, I 
I hear what you're saying. It's almost like that, that process for me was a little bit therapeutic. Is it, do you find that in, in your process as well? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that there's something to be said about, um, honestly, I always, so my, my whole family grew up on the West coast. And so my dad grew up like a surfer dude and all that kind of fun stuff. I didn't actually do that, but he always talks about how, like, you know, when he was in high school and college, he would wake up at, you know, three 30 in the morning turn on his freaking radio to see where the swells were at, hop into his, you know, his VW and drive down the one to find it. And then he would clean up and get ready for school. And there's something to be said about that, like rush of a moment where you feel like you're like connecting with something that you don't really have control over. Yep. But yep. you're with, you're like in tune with it. Like fire, we can say we want to control fire, but if anything, you look at the West Coast during this time of the year, you can't control fire. Fire is going to happen to do whatever it wants to do. Um, but we get the awesome opportunity to utilize it um, to really create something that we wouldn't be able to create by ourselves. And I think that that was the part that was so therapeutic for me. It's like, man, it's so, it's so much more than just a tool. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I can get really deep and philosophical about <laughs> it. Some guys just like to cook because it tastes really good. So. <laughs> something that I can appreciate, like to me, you know, we all enjoy to cook, like we enjoy cooking. And when you're cooking over a fire to me, you know, like Matt had referenced was it's, ex it's an experience. Um, you know, something that I've heard you say in the past was, you know, when you're, when you're sitting around a fire, like you're, you're drawn to that fire and, you know, um, like it's just more of an experience. You're all sitting around it. You're enjoying the it's warmth. Like fellowship. You know, you even referenced yep. saying food isn't just food. Like, do you care to elaborate on your take on that? Yeah. Um, that's so funny. Yeah. You're, you're quoting it exactly right. Food isn't just food. Um, dude, food is a piece of everything that we, we hope to be and are at that moment. I mean, food is, an extension of not only a way of nourishing the people around us, but it's an extension of showing who we care about. I mean, like we don't live in a world really as much where the whole quote of like breaking bread with somebody is necessarily as applicable. Um, but in a world where it was not that easy to get food, when you fed somebody, it meant a lot more. Um, and so I think that food still to this day means a lot more than just it's not, you know, I'm not talking about fast food, but I'm talking like real food cooked with high quality with intention. Um, it means something to somebody and whether you're able to really express it. Um, that's why I mean, like, it's really hard to express exactly what food innately means because it's more than just food. Um, and it, it's, it's a quintessential piece of who we are. Well, I think food is, I think you can equate food to life. You know, it's, it's, we have to have food to live, of course, but we can live, you know, with food. Like you think about these back in the, you know, like you said, back in the day before they had all this stuff, you know, like, uh, when there was like Aborigines and tribes and things like that, you know, that when they would, when the hunters would go out for days at a time and they would, and come back with a kill, it was a celebration. You know, it meant, yeah. it meant we, we have life and it brought life as well to the and morale to the entire tribe. And they would dance and they were, and, and, and sing and, and then they would have this big giant party over the fact that they brought food back to the tribe. And I think, you know, we we now we take this 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 part of it for granted as in a sense of we can just go to the grocery store and things like that. You know, that's 
one thing for me as a hunter, that's something that um, I take a lot of pride in is knowing that I can put food on the table. You know, like it, our ancestors used to. Yes, exactly. But I, I get you on that. I get you on the fact that it's more than just food. Yeah. And I also, I mean, you know, I think too, on side, like it only takes you killing one deer or going on an elk hunt or anything to quickly realize like, um, that animal can quick, it's not easy to break it down. It's not easy to get it to a place where you're ready to eat it. There's not 150 ribeyes on a cow. Like it's not, (laughs) you know, like everybody loves these specific cuts. And so I think my blending was when I first started over the fire cooking, that kind of journey, it was honestly a dedication to understanding what it meant to cook over fire. And so we started from a place of just trying to learn from other people and and sharing what was going on in that community. Um, And I myself was just trying to figure it out. And honestly, I got really lucky to be paired up with some really awesome dudes in the world um, because social just really connected me with some amazing cooks, um, that I was honestly able to freaking learn online, um, being taught how to cook. And, uh, and I think that if we even get, you know, even past the whole history side of it too, I mean, I fell in love with cooking things that you weren't able to find, um, yeah. very easily. And now the funny thing is like, I go, I went to, you know, the butcher shop down the way and we're finding picanha and flap steak and all kinds of you know, crazy butcher cuts in some way that were not on the shelf Yep, three years ago. So yeah. Jeremy. Now, speaking of uh, socials, Derek, you have a pretty big social following now, but at what point in that fire cooking journey, did you start putting everything online? Was it right at the beginning or what? Yeah. Um, yeah. So honestly, I, I mean the full story and some people I've told it a thousand times. It's just the, uh, I was working a corporate job, hated my life, and I wanted to do something else and fell in love. Actually, uh, Netflix now has uh, Chef's Table, the new uh, barbecue fire cooking season that came out. But I fell in love with season one. I think it's episode three with Francis Malman, um, learning to cook over open pit fire, just seeing somebody doing it so crazy and raw. And um, and I just I went over to REI, bought myself a Camp Chef popover grill grate and uh, bought myself a skirt steak and I made, uh, I had no idea what chimichurri was, but I tried it and, uh, we fell in love a couple months later. I just started a page called over the fire cooking. And, um, it honestly was kind of history from there. We, we started taking photos. Um, they started getting featured in lodge. Then I was getting, you know, a lot of guys, um, at the beginning, I had a few guys that wanted to be featured on the page. And then I, I kind of learned a little bit about growing, um, through featuring people on the page, but we've gotten to a place now where we're, we're able to stand on our own two feet because of the lucky people that were willing go. to help us out in the beginning. So, yeah. Right on. So I know you've taken, um, your Instagram page and actually made it career at this point, you were able to leave your, um, ac- your job at an accounting firm and go into this full time, um, I want to know, like, what does your average workday look like? Because I know, like, you know, people can see, oh, he quit his job for this fluffy job that he gets to, like, cook and do all that. But we all know, like, we have all (laughs) been content creators at some point. You know, we run our business and stuff like that. There's so much behind the scenes work that goes into it. So I want to know, what's your average workday look like? Dude, it can be summed up. When I uh, started this business... My dad told me a quote that his dad, my grandfather, told him when he started his. Um, come from a line of serial entrepreneurs, but um, 
My grandfather told my dad, when you're an entrepreneur, you work for yourself, you get to work a half a day. It's just you have to choose which 12 hours of the day you work. And honestly, dude, I I wake up six o'clock, go and work out, and I, I'm not back in bed. I don't stop working until probably 7.30 to 8 o'clock. I mean, um, there's so much time between editing, um, actually creating the content is only like 15% of the actual process itself. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I find myself dealing more with a lot of uh, management, like, um, cause we're not just on Instagram anymore, dude, we're, we have, uh, 600 and some odd thousand followers on Facebook. You know, we have a hundred and some odd thousand on TikTok. We're growing to, I think we got like 2.7 million monthly view- viewers on Pinterest, over 150,000 people viewing the website every single month. Like, you know, I get so many questions, so many people wanting to know things. It's honestly gotten to a point where, um, you know, thankfully, I was actually able to get my wife. Uh, she's now full on board with it as well. And um, she handles a lot of that kind of stuff and helps me out. So I can kind of think about some of the more creative side. But even, you know, the writing and the video editing, all that stuff, it takes a lot of time. I know. And just like the corresponding alone, like I know running Reloads page is I get overwhelmed at times, you know, there's, there's so much, especially if you want to be involved and that's something that we take pride in. We want to be involved. We want to write handwritten notes in our orders and we want to respond to questions and emails and, and stuff like that. But you know, it, it is work and it's something that a lot of people don't see. So, you know, I value that when I look at your page, I think, okay, well he's got to plan out his ingredients and then he's got to plan out the cook and like, Another thing that I have a question about is how often is weather thwarting your plans? I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> With a rainy day, uh, screw well, you. Yeah. So y'all live, do all y'all live in Tennessee? We do. Yep. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. So Tennessee sucks. Um, <laughs> Tennessee, the state is the greatest. The weather sucks. Well, I was like, come on, mm-hmm. man. Dude, I love Tennessee, but the weather is so terrible, dude. Yeah, we, you know, it's like down. one day it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then the next day it's like cold and rainy. And honestly, it's it's impossible to predict. Honestly, though, I, I try and push through it. I think the biggest issue for me is I cook everything, almost everything outside. Um, so it really comes down to lighting. Um, so we're, you know, we're coming out of, man, I never thought I'd be a guy that would say these kind of sentences, but like we're coming out of like, summer solstice where we got like that <laughs> long day yeah and so i i could start cooks at like four like three hour cooks. i could mm-hmm. start at like four o'clock and sunsets at 7 30 so we hit golden hour and we're good to go but like dude the middle of winter we're we're cooking at 1 30 i mean dude if i start a brisket it's gonna be freaking the day before so <laughs> <laughs> my my first year on Instagram, when we started getting to this time of year, it starts getting, uh, you know, darker a little earlier, a little earlier. We're having dinner at like four thirty, four fifteen, four, just so I can get that lighting for those shots. I went online <laughs> and bought some lights. I was like, I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> yeah, man. It took me a long time on, on IG to, to like in my early years to figure out what proper lighting was. I had some pretty shitty photos. If you scroll down <laughs> to the deep dark webs of my, my Instagram feed, but I got a question stemmed off of what you just said about brisket um yeah what you know you got people that you got ribs and pork butts and brisket like let's just take those three things for instance you know is i I know over the fire you think steaks you think of, of of vegetables you think of you know just cuts of meat but those big 
giant cuts. Is that something that you do? Do you do you do that over the fire? And is there like a method to that? Dude. Well, okay. So yeah, there definitely is. Downside is, is it's not going to look exactly how you imagine like a brisket to look like. I mean, um, we could 100%. I'm actually, I really, um, I have a really good friend out in Spokane who's a chef and I really wanted to get out there, um, very soon, but like, um, so for like pork butt, um, like cochinita pivo, like, like wrap it up in banana leaves, throw it in the ground and roast it like ah. until it's falling off the bone. Um, honestly, a lot of that comes, a lot of the, the stylizing of a of modernized barbecue comes from cooking in the ground. Um, so you, yeah, you stones, um, eh, all that type. I've never used brisket i'm always a little afraid to use brisket as that style i don't really know if i could necessarily get the length of time and the temperature to stay uh to break down kind of that that fat that long enough um but then again i'm always open to learning so somebody knows then i'm in to try it you should you should 100 do it i'm curious as to where so you started this a couple years ago and like I would assume you started out without any culinary background. You started out as a yeah. novice at this. Like, how did you gain all of your knowledge? Like, where, where, how did you attack that? Was it like YouTube videos, Netflix books? Like, how did you do that? I read books. I read books. I translated books from Portuguese to English. I transferred, Damn. you know, translated books from Spanish to English. Like, that's the other thing, too. It's the English uh, speaking language. We really don't have a lot of books there. When we say, like we use sometimes the terms grilling and barbecue very interchangeably as well. And for a lot of cultures, yeah, um, they're very, like, those are very, very different. Now I, I do think we've started seeing quite a bit of distinction between those, but um, like just learning and understanding the funny thing is too, as in the United States, um, you know, I feel like we have always centered on really main cuts of meat um, and it's always been pretty consistent. We've perfected over like a hundred years how to cook brisket and pork butt and all that kind of stuff. And we do it really well. We do it, you know, better than anybody else in the whole world. But when it comes to some of these other weird cuts or especially like lamb or, um, off, you know, like off cuts, especially butcher cuts, I don't necessarily think there's a lot of info out there. So I, you know, I got on YouTube and I'd translate and try to understand the best I could what was going on. And I would just learn from that. The other thing that I got lucky about though is I did travel a lot as a kid. So I grew up with a lot of foodies. Um, and I, I, I tried to learn as quickly as possible. And then the honest truth is I always say, bring a backup plan when you're cooking. Cause I used to fail a lot when I cooked <laughs> in the beginning. So that's called pizza. It, we had quite a few. Yeah. We had quite a few burns and, uh, and bad cooks, but you learn. All right. Well, speaking, speaking of that, Speaking of, uh, well, that did, that's, that's a terrible segue. But anyways, we're gonna take we're gonna take a break right now. Speaking of crashing and burning. Speaking of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of sucking ass, we're gonna go take a break right now. And on the other side, we're gonna dive deeper into the talents of Derek Wolf and over the fire cooking. Stick around. We'll see you after the break. All right, 
we're back from the break. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. So one of the things that Derek and I were just talking about during the break is how he started coming up with some of the ideas for some of these rubs. And I was like, hang on, hang on, hang on. We've actually, we've got to talk about this on the show. So Derek, can you just pick right back up where we left off? Tell us a little bit about how you came up with some of the rubs. I know I'm a huge fan of the Gaucho Steakhouse rub that you've got. I use it all the time. So tell us more about some of that stuff. Yeah. All right. So first off, I do have to say reload deer rubs are killer. Yeah. Great. Thank you, sir. You crushed it. All of them are fantastic. I know my wife was, uh, we were cooking the other day, made some eggs when we used your chipotle garlic on top there. Very good. That's the sweet and, and, your, um, and yours as well. Hey, there you go. Um, no, honestly. So, uh, I, I, you know, so I was actually talking, uh, Brad, um, from Chili and Smoke. I was talking with him the other night on direct message and he was, asking me about all the rubs and I told him, well, you do know that each, every single rub has a specific story or a moment or something that I'm trying to replicate. Um, <clears throat> and he was like, Holy crap, that is so cool. Uh, but the funniest one, like I, uh, most of them are relatively serious or like memories <laughs> or whatever. Uh, but the most funny one, uh, uh, so it's Chipotle garlic. First one that I ever came out with, um, dude. So uh, my senior year of high school, I actually moved from Roswell, Georgia, uh, to El Paso, Texas for one year. Um, my whole culinary palette was completely changed, um, moving to El Paso. Everything changed about it. Uh, the Hispanic culture uh, was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And especially like New Mexican culture and the food. And dude, it just blew my mind. So anyway, um, I befriended a bunch of really awesome dudes. Uh, and they always wanted to get into trouble. But one night... Friday night, uh, we had nothing else to do. It was a, like a bye week on the football. Uh, so <clears throat> one of my friends, Nico, he asked me, do you want to go and have uh, Chico's Tacos? Um, and Chico's Tacos is like, dude, it is absolutely fantastic, but I'm pretty sure they get like a C maybe on their like health store. <laughs> That's, the best, the, best That's the best places. That's the best yeah. places. That's quality. <laughs> anyway, we went down there. And so it is, it is kind of funny too, because like tacos, um, I, Dude, I, you know, living there for only one year, I could barely like get into truly the full culinary world of it. But to me, they were a little bit more like taquitos, like just that the rolled corn with uh, the meat in the middle. Yeah. And so anyway, we went down there. I kid you not. They're like, it's like, it's so freaking delicious. But after like five of them, you're, you know, ready to puke. <laughs> um, but they're so good. But the meat in there, I was trying to replicate um, the, the flavoring that came out. It was like this chipotle, almost garlicky flavor that comes off these tacos. Well, the only reason I bring that up is because that night we went there, we had like an eating competition, ate so many tacos. We were so stuffed. And we walk outside and this very, very drunk guy walks right up to my whole group of friends and says, does anybody want to take uh, an arm wrestling competition with me, I'll give you a hundred dollars. And all of them stepped out of the way and pointed right at me that I was going to be the one that was going to arm wrestle this dude. So I arm wrestled him off the back of like a 1987 Chevy, uh, off of his truck bed. And I beat him and gave me this hundred dollar bill. And so it was always just so funny to me. So whenever <laughs> Over the top, I, baby. yeah. And so whenever I thought about like, where do I want to start with food? The funniest part is that was the first memory that came to my mind. I wanted to to replicate that like smokiness, 
that flavor that was like coming off my breath as I was ready to puke while I'm freaking <laughs> unmuffling the suit for a hundred dollars. And so there you go. So that that's the flavor that you get off of Chipotle garlic. <laughs> Arm wrestling. <you> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sylvester Stallone breathing in your face. My favorite one yeah. is the adobo honey. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, one's yeah. good. That one is so yeah. good. I tell you, man, that's, I love that you, and I think when we have some more time, I want to hear all the stories. Um, uh, you, sh- you, sh- you need memoirs is what you need. You know, like, you for like each one of your book, flavors. A little book that comes out with every flavor. <laughs> yes, because I think that's great. You know, one thing we that we pride ourselves on is that every blend that we have, we've created ourselves. You know, that we didn't just go to a co-packer and say, yeah, yeah, you know, make this. You know what I mean? Which I, I admire about you as well. Um, but it was all done here in our little kitchen. And, um, but I love, I can't, and I, I'm jealous because I wish we That's had some, badass I wish we had some badass stories like to back up our bros. Like, no, we're just in a kitchen <laughs> drinking, drinking beer, the porn shit and bowls. <laughs> Don't get to him, you know? And he's like, I pulled my sleeves up. I still had the grease from the Chipotle That's tacos. That. I felt the man's breath on my face. That's raw and real right there. Uh, hell yeah. I really, I really do want to hear more stories. Well, so. something that I wanted to talk about, and we can definitely go back into the rubs because I know Jeremy and Matt probably have some questions with that, but something that I have just been really stoked to ask you about and, and that I personally want to learn is there's so many different types of global international techniques to over the fire cooking. Um, you know, you've mentioned in the past, like churrasco, asado, barbacoa, stuff like that. Do you care to give us like a slight rundown of some of those and kind of teach us a little bit? Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, well, so funny thing, um, and this will be announced very soon, but I actually got a cookbook coming out here uh, at the beginning of spring. Um, so we're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm really stoked because actually uh, I could, dude, I could try and butcher saying like Portuguese and Spanish and trying to interpret exactly what they mean most of the time. But to me, when it comes to like fire cooking, I see there's, um, there's like two sides, there's direct and indirect, and then there's the style of cooking that you do with them. So like, uh, one thing that I've been wanting to get excited about is like, I'm trying to recapture the word grilling to mean what it truly means. It doesn't, it's not the catch all term for just anything that's on a grill. It's, it's really direct fire with a grill grate, in my opinion, like you're using it directly over a coals with a grill grate, um, same where like I think bar- barbecue is both a style of food and a style of cooking. Um, so I'm trying to capture that. And so you have like grilling, um, you have cast iron cooking, a lot of that kind of stuff, uh, cooking right on the coals. And then on indirect, you can do um, skewers, which actually can flip between indirect and direct. It just depends on how you're doing it. But most of the time, I'm actually doing them indirect. Uh, skewers, rotisserie, uh, hanging and leaning. Um, so like hanging things over the fire or leaning them next to the fire. Um, and then the last one, uh, is just baking or smoking. Um, so using those, all those six styles of cooking to kind of, um, I don't know, get to the end of what you're trying to get to. So, so I want to segue into something here. You talked about the, the leaning method. Um, that's something yep. I've always been super intrigued about. And I watched a video of yours called the first, and I guess it was your first time ever going hunting. Yep. And now, and I want to hear, I want to hear why you were here in a second. I want to hear why you were drawn to go hunting. Um, and then I want to talk about the cooking methods 
that you did in that uh, in that because in that video you shot a small doe and you did the <laughs> leaning method and I want to I want to dive into that it's something that he has wanted to do for the longest time yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so I you know that's my, I got my start and passion for cooking with wild game that's where I that's where yep. I got my feet wet um, but t- first first tell me like was the fact that you were doing such a primal, you know, way of method. method thank you, honey. Of, of cooking was, is that what kind of drew you to wanting to go, go hunt? Or is that something you've always wanted to do? Yeah. Honestly, I think, um, as I like dove more into, uh, open fire cooking, all that stuff. Um, you know, it's a lot of, like, anything in life where you just get so addicted, you want to go and try to understand the source and really where it kind of comes from. And I think, um, the more, the longer you do it, the longer you kind of realize like, man, there's something special about, uh, where there's actually a struggle to get the meat. It's not just like, you know, there's actually something, um, that you just raised cattle and then you're able to go in and, you know, harvest it with this, with hunting. Um, it was the whole point. Like, there there's it's equalization in some ways when you do it um especially like bows and stuff like that there's a lot more equalization of the process so i kind of got intrigued about that and wanted to do it my friend jonathan miller who runs uh brio um has been inviting me for like the past two years to go hunting with him and so finally i took him up on his offer um so we went hunting uh i actually believe in delaware uh it was a lot of fun it was it was such a blast I'll say this, bro. I'll give I'll give you mad props on this, and a lot of people won't know what I'm talking about, but it's called bucking. Um, when you, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, so when you I were when, when you were in the blind and that you had a this seven point come out, bucking is when you and you are so anticipating the shot that if like the safety is on or you have a misfire, you actually jerk your body with the gun, even though the gun <laughs> didn't fire. And you got that gun, you're, you're on this deer and you, and you pull the trigger and the gun didn't fire. You had misfire or whatnot. It clicked and that gun didn't move an inch. You, you had some good, good muzzle presence going on there. And I give you props for not bucking because even I still do it today. I'll be trying to squeeze the trigger and I'll, I'll flinch a little bit sometimes. But, um, in that you, you shot a buck and then the next scene you had this small doe splayed out the entire thing yep. doing the lean method i want to ask you because i've always because i know that venison is a super lean meat it dries yeah. out. i always tell people that it flashes like it'll dry out in a second and it'd be and that's where it gets that that bad condensation of oh it tastes like you're chewing on a shoe you know that kind of stuff so when you're uh, you basted that thing with butter and herbs constantly tell me the oh, method did and, and be honest with me like cause did that thing have like because that's there's so many different cuts inside there and i always yeah. i always worry are they if i do this are they going to cook evenly are they gonna am i going to get because i like to eat it you know medium rare medium rare to rare I, am i going to get that moisture that 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 you know what i mean you picking up what i'm putting yeah. down how was that when you when you were when you ate it dude it was the best venison i've ever had in my whole life i mean I, you know, I, he warned me, everybody warned me. I've cooked venison before. Obviously it dries out. It dries out. It dries out. Everybody was saying that, but honest, you know, like just doing the classic, um, like Argentinian kind of method where yeah. you're using a, a brine in some way, but I added so much fat into that to baste it, mm-hmm. um, that we were just constantly basting it. 
uh, and adding flavor to the outside to where it was just dripping in fat basically the whole time. Um, that, you know, I think that it was everything that I was hoping for. I mean, towards the end, you know, there were definitely a, a few pieces, obviously it's fire cooking, so you can't make it a hundred percent perfect. Certain zones, uh, sure. animal. Yeah. But like towards the end, dude, right on the backstrap. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't remember exactly if, uh, in the video, Jonathan got this, but like he just took his hand and right on a point, he was just able to pull it right off. Oh, I mean, it, it just came right off, and it was beautiful. That would have been the money uh, shot right there. That's pornographic. Yeah. I got so I am slightly aroused. Were right you now. moving the, like, as I saw where you, like, leaned it and did a couple things, I and obviously, it. like, you were sitting there, like, with that big, brushy mop, and you're just, like, slapping the, the, the butter and herbs on there, like, it's so cool to see, but like, were you constantly it. like turning the meats in different ways? So that one section wasn't getting like overly burnt or. Honestly, um, it's funny. I am more inclined to move the fire than I am to actually move the meat itself. Um, huh. the fire, can, the, especially when it's so big, like, um, like a big old, you know, like we're doing, you know, venison all or like it is a big old buck or it's a big old dough and it's sitting right over there. We made our own Osador cross. Like I was not really wanting to mess with that. So I was more inclined to, to move the fire because at the end of the day, we had dry wood. We just throw on a couple extra logs and we're back up and running. We didn't miss a beat. Um, whereas on the opposite side, if you try and move the animal and you break something, you're done. It's over. Nobody wants to sit there holding that you know, yeah. deer over the fire. Yeah. Or the leg falls uh, off or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what herbs, what herbs and stuff were you putting in that butter mixture? And how long did this cook take? Yeah. Uh, so the herbs, uh, normally when I'm doing like a basting herb, especially like that. So it's always Kerrygold. I'm always using Kerrygold butter. Uh, so good Irish butter. Uh, and then it's lemon, uh, I think it was thyme and a little bit of rosemary, uh, a little bit of sage as well. Uh, and then I threw in um, some red chili flakes. We zested the lemon as well. So we got a, a decent, you know, acid, just that beautiful citric acid kind of on that outside flavor. Um, got garlic. <laughs> you know, and garlic, yeah, sorry. I garlic. And we chunked up onions. We chunked up onions as well. Oh, it's like, yeah. boy, you screwing up. You ain't putting garlic on idea. I get messaged all the time if we're ever going to make a blend without garlic. And I'm like, uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to have the garlic. Yeah. So yeah, the garlic. I think on that one, too, we left skin on. So we didn't even do, um, just so you got a, like a ton of garlicky flavor into so, that basic burn. So, um, last part of that, how long did that process take? Do you think ballpark? Um, if I remember correctly, because it was a little while ago, if I remember though, I think it was about somewhere between three to four hours. It was not, oh, that's that not long. bad at all. Uh, that's no, enough, that's I mean, enough it's definitely for a, good, a better part of the afternoon. If you wanted to like get up and get that fire going and doing the whole thing. Um, but like I've done a pig and that took 12 hours. So a lot of fat you know, though. Yeah, a lot of fat. All right. Hey, so, that's still had some fat to render. Hey, I got one more question for you okay, th- go before, ahead. You, before you take us. When you shot the buck, I'm sorry, rabbit hole Joel over here. Normally, like, especially, like, I even still get it. Like, were you, like, shaking? Were you excited at all? Because, like, you seem cool. He was out of breath a little. He, you seem cool as a damn cucumber. Because he, uh, he, he was like, I saw excitement. He looked up at the camera and he was like, 
Yeah. I heard. <laughs> I did the thing. It was the same look he gave that guy in the taco parking yeah. lot, you know. <laughs> and the and the and the liquor store. He's like, take me to the back. <laughs> Honestly, so the funny part was we came to find out. I don't know if in the video he really says it, but like the the buck that I missed, there was the misfire on. Yeah. It was the same buck that came back around. Oh, and no, I he did didn't say of, that. Dude, so for me, I had made peace with the fact that, like, do this, this thing, you know, it crossed my hairs twice, it's done. Yeah. Like, so oh, yeah, let's go. It, it was shot the first time, but it didn't. I obviously was misfired. Second time, uh, you know, you hammered. that was his fault. You hammered it. Yeah. Were you nervous, though? <laughs> Any jitters? No, the first one, I definitely felt it. I felt it a little bit more than maybe the video showed. Um, Second one, by that point, I was I was locked in and zoned. And then right after that, um, we uh, we did a double shot at the same time. So he he was able, I was able to get um, another doe, and then he got a buck. Um, so yeah, not on. I do great. have to ask, because we ended up seeing you cook the uh, buck tomahawks over the brio. A lot of pops. Did you prefer yeah. the doe meat or the buck meat? Ooh. I prefer the doe meat. Boom, baby. Boom. I, I preach it. I preach it all the time. I won't even touch the buck meat. I'm kind of bougie in that aspect. Like I can taste the game, but a dough, like you literally taste no game and it's so delicious yeah. and succulent. It's clean. Ooh, succulent. I like succulent. that. I like that. Take us to break. Actually, well, no, oh, I, had another question. I like that. It was clean. It's very clean. It's, it's very a very clean, clean wild meat. Yeah. yeah. Last question for you that I've been interested in is like, what kind of wood are you using for your cooks? Oh yeah. Oh man. Well, we get the one pleasure of being in Tennessee. So we got a lot of white Oak. Um, white Oak is the best. Um, I'm allergic to it. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, yeah, it's the best. <laughs> um, uh, a lot bigger of like a stickler when it came to wood. But at this point now, I feel like anything that's a hardwood that's seasoned really well, I don't give a crap what it is. Let's go. Especially, you know, if I'm smoking, I'll, uh, I want something specific for the flavor profile. But outside, it does get on the meat, obviously, but I'm not using it as like a, a necessary. A I'm not like throwing in, you know, freaking pecan wood saying like, we're getting this nutty sweet flavor on this damn <laughs> venison all asador, you know, like <laughs> so nutty. Yeah. Well, especially the volume I, that I, you're doing. Like I would be like any type of wood that I can get is what I'm going to use. But but that's the difference yeah. between smoking and, and doing the kind of cooking he's doing. It's, it's a, it's kind of a high heat. Yeah. So you're not getting the, the natural flavor yeah. of the woods as much as you are just getting that smoke and heat. And it's blowing over to wherever you're sitting. That's right. As long as it's not yeah. like pine or something, you're probably good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Mm. Uh, yeah, we did a big old trip out to the PNW, and all I could get was pine. It was oh. the only thing. Man, talk about a wood that doesn't coal. Pressure it treated. Not mm. down. Ugh, pressure <laughs> yeah, some pressure treated. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's what I pressure treated is what I prefer to smoke with. Yes, so. it's so yeah. good. I like pallet wood personally, but you know, <laughs> to each their own. Yeah. All right. That being well, said, take us a break. With that being said, all right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, your favorite segments, Rapid Fire and Reload Recommends. We'll see you on the flip side.
Welcome back, y'all. We are going to jump into your favorite segment of the night, the one you've been waiting the entire episode for. Rapid Fire Question. All right, guys. Tonight, we have a bunch of really fun questions for you. We're going to go in order of Derek, Matt, Stacy, and Joel last, because mm. that seems appropriate. Yes. All right, guys. Rapid Fire. Here we go. First question. Favorite bourbon in the Buffalo Trace family? Derek. Weller 107. Nice. Matt? Uh, that was the best one. It's Weller 107. That's the right <laughs> answer. <laughs> well, now you're just copying. Yeah. Stace. Of the ones that I've tasted, Weller uh, Foolproof. Oh, my God, guys. It doesn't all have to be Weller. Joel? It's not Blanton's. What was I say? Weller 107. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. That Buffalo was, uh... cream. But bourbon cream. <laughs> oh, bourbon cream. There you go. All right, guys. Next question. Would you rather be able to talk your way out of any situation or punch your way out of any situation? Ooh. Derek. Punch. Punch. <laughs> <laughs> Matt. I'm going to go with talk. Less confrontational. There you go. Stacy. I always side with Matt on these non-confrontational things. No, straight hammer fist, bro. I'm coming in hot. <laughs> oh, we know it. Me, me, he and, is. He's me looking and, for any way to fight. Me, all and, the time. me and Troy Palomalo got something to talk about. <laughs> all right, guys. Next question. Two eyes, two ears, a chin, a mouth, ten fingers, two nipples, a butt, two kneecaps, a penis. I have just described to you the Loch Ness monster. The reward for its capture: all the riches in Scotland. So I have one question: Why are you here, Derek? What is Creed Bratton? <laughs> that is the answer. Well, good job. <laughs> finally. 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 It happened. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had to practice that so many times. That is <laughs> That was good. Oh, my God. We never get his offers references. Of Weller 107 for winning. Yeah. Yes. yes. Joel is going to send that to you. Yeah. Um, Please. Just hit him up in the DMs. I'll, I'll, I'll send it you. to you on our jet. That's right. I'll find it. All right, guys. I'm going to try this type of question one more time because I think I have a really good one. <laughs> Wrong answer only, so you can't put a correct answer. Mm. Online dating profile name. An example would be when Michael Scott tried to start his online dating program. He wanted to let the ladies know that he was ready to have kids. So his username was Little Kid Lover. Derek. What would your online dating profile name be? Wrong answer only. Gosh. Uh, dude, drunk and in love? I don't know. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> uh, considering the amount of bourbon around you, I'd say that's probably accurate, though, instead of wrong. <laughs> Matt, let's hear yours. Uh, Spencer Kirksey. That's what my online dating profile would be. Wrong that's answers only. Be. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer Kirksey official. <laughs> yeah, Spencer Kirksey official. There Perfect. you go. Slick. I love meat. Meat? Oh. There you go. That's good. I like Wait, it. Let's talk about your actual dating profile name. Well, we can do that after okay. I give my thing. It's not a wrong answer. It's the right one. There you Scored go. this hot Joel. chick. Anal optional. At least it's not anal preferred. <laughs> I'll take option Wait, over preferred. 
I want to hear this actual online dating profile name now. What was it? Yeah. I don't remember. Well, I, I don't know what your name was, but like his headline, like it, it had like his picture and it said. Derek, uh, Derek, preface this. We met on match.com. We met on match.com. So we've been, we. It we, said, well, butter my butt and call me a biscuit. Buns. Butter my buns. <laughs> butter my buns and call me a biscuit. So there was a, like a meaning to it. Buns. Yeah. So yeah. Butter your buns. So Matt, Matt could actually use that with his Spencer Hershey official. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. even better. Sending butter, buttery buns. Yeah. Whatever. Got you. Got you in a sack. Hey, in all right. A sack. Yeah. Next. All right, guys. What trade slash skill set would you theme your child's birthday party after? <laughs> Derek. Wait. Go ahead, oh, Derek. Oh, gosh. Um. I'm not going to get these right. <laughs> there is no right. <laughs> you already got the Creed Bratton question right, so it really doesn't matter at this point. Yeah, not thinking things up on the spot. I'll go last. Okay, Matt. I know the answer because I follow your wife on Instagram. I was going to say the, the same thing. It's I know the answer. It's construction. It's construction. I saw the, the giant uh, Tonka toy. Heavy machine operator was the answer for that. Oh, one. so close. <laughs> Uh, Stacy. Uh, mine would have been um, dental, dentist. Dentist, a dental themed cake mm-hmm. for yeah, children like to eat, teeth, covered in sugar. Little teeth cookies, and you pass out toothbrushes, and <laughs> you, you sound like Jeremy Jam from Parks and Rec. He's the local mm-hmm. town dentist, and he moved there because there's higher sugar per capita of any other city in the country because he makes tons of money. That's a fantastic. So. That's, that's what you sound thing. like, the Jeremy oh. Jam cake. <laughs> what the hell? I'm going to stick with the rear end and say uh, hemorrhoid remover. Oh, okay. For a there kid's birthday party. Yes. That sounds really <laughs> kid-friendly. It's the wrong answers only, isn't it? No. Oh, shit. No. Okay, never mind. No. My bad. Like Bob the Builder. <laughs> I, was or... still, I was still stuck on the, the wrong answers. Oh, excuse me. Jeremy, how do you have this many birthday parties you've had to go to? I didn't know you had this many really friends. It's amazing. At I this thought point. we were your only friends. Derek, this has been an ongoing theme for like six weeks in a row now uh, of all the birthday parties I go to every week. So, yeah. Fruits and meteorological events. Next. All right, guys. All right, guys. One bottle of bourbon that should be in every liquor cabinet. Mm. Derek. Man, I want to say Buffalo Trace. I want to say Buffalo Trace just because everybody should really have it. That's Um, awesome. But but honestly, will it straight ride? I really do. Really? I really think it's pretty. Yep. I don't think we've right. had the straight where I have we. Mm-mm. We've I been to their uh, distillery and we did a tasting there, but I don't think that's one of the ones that we tasted. I made a mistake and tried something you can only get in Kentucky by them. And, um, wasn't as happy. I wish I would have went with something that they have some national. Anyways. Right a whole end. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Wild Turkey 101 just mm. because it's it's a good entry-level bourbon and it's uh, it's excellent for the price. There you go. Stace. And I'm just going to say this because I'm on a kick with it, and it's actually what I'm sipping on now, but I, I have full confidence that anyone that tries a Booker's blend, like I've had four different types, and I love them. Right now I'm sipping on Booker's Boston Batch, and it's so delicious, and I think everybody should have one in their cabinet. You think every liquor cabinet across the country should have a bottle of Booker's in it? Yes. If it was widely available, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Joel. Listen, I get shit for wanting fugitives as my everyday drinker, but she wants every person with a liquor cabinet to have the bookers. That's my recommendation. Oh. That is my recommendation. If, if you're a bourbon <laughs> drinker and you need something in your bourbon cabinet, 
that you could go to and you're going to have a nice pour. I think it should be No, boogers. no, no, no. The question wasn't what should a bourbon drinker or what should every person have in their cabinet. So you go to your friend's no. house, they don't have a bottle she's of booger. Done. You're she's like, done. She's done. No, she's, 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 no. Screw you. No. She's, you suck. She's, you don't know me. She, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Who friend are you? I don't want her stealing my shit. Okay. My answer. I'm going to go back to it. We talk about it all the time. They should sponsor the podcast. They should. Uh, I'm going with Old Granddad 114. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dang That's it. a good one. Dude, I was about to, to go like this and say Old Granddad by far. Yep. Dude, old Granddad. It is underrated. Underrated. 100%. A great, great pour. Jeremy, what's your response on that one? I'm curious. I would say... A bottle Old of Buffalo Charter plastic Trace. bottle. <laughs> <laughs> plastic bottle. I was going to say a bottle of Buffalo Trace just because, like, every time you talk to someone, even if they don't know anything about bourbon, they're like, oh, Buffalo Trace. Like, everyone knows that name, and it's so approachable. You're right. Um, yeah, it's one of those ones. And then even though it's not allocated, man, it's hard to find. Like, it's because everyone just grabs a bottle of it. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, um, it's a great pour that can be used in many different ways, whether it's cocktails mm-hmm. or just straight up. Even cooking. Yeah. Yeah, and cooking. Yeah. I've made my maple bourbon glaze a bunch of times with it. It's good mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. That's right. All right, guys. Next one. Who would win in a fight? Colonel E.H. Taylor or Colonel Sanders? Oh. Derek. Oh, dang. Dude, I'm going to have to go with my boy, Sanders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's got that gut for protection from those punches. Oh, I mean, you know, oh, that man. fried chicken. Like He just throws some Kentucky fried chicken at Taylor. He's done. He's, he's slippery because he's in that oil all day, you know? <laughs> I'm going to have to disagree. I'm going to have to say E.H. Taylor, man. That guy, you know, he's having to mix up that mash for the bourbon all the time. He's gonna be, he's gonna be swole like lifting those barrels. You know I mean? Yeah, you know, yeah. He's, he's got a bottle in his hand. He's probably gonna break that thing, and then, I mean, come at me, fool! I didn't, I didn't even think about that, but you're yeah. right. Honestly, he's Stay. probably drunk though, so he's already, you know. Yeah, you he's never know. He'll take more hits. Fighting style, you know. <laughs> What's that movie with? Isn't it like Jackie Chan? Drunken Monkey drunk. or whatever, or something like that. Something like that. I don't know. It's lethal. Drunken man falls down, doesn't get hurt. Damn, yeah. Stacy. Um, I'm going with uh, Colonel E. H. Taylor because there's something about a man. He's pulling up his sleeves. He's drinking a nice bourbon. He's distinguished. I, I've got him going against the guy that's eating the fried chicken. F He's that. He's winning. F that. Dapper Dan's gonna get his ass kicked by the Colonel himself, <laughs> the original <laughs> Colonel Sanders, whooping in there, biting that fried chicken and whooping that ass. The end. Cool. Next question. All right, guys. <laughs> All right, guys. A serious one. Were birds created by the government to spy on us, or are birds real? Derek. They're real. They're real. Yeah. All right. They are. That's one way to look at it. Well, those bird believers. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> birds are dinosaurs. Dinosaurs evolved into birds. That's bullshit. So they're not real. I got it. The birds are real. Pick up what you're laying down. They're not real. <laughs> Stacy. Birds are real. Birds are real. I'll send Another. it on over to Tinfoil Hat Joel. Tinfoil Hat me wants to say, yes, they are spies, but that will say there's lots of tasty birds out there, so I'm going birds are real. Real. All right, guys. That is going to bring us to our final question of the night, the one we ask every week, the one you're always very, very prepared for because it's exactly the same. Are Reload Rubs the greatest seasonings of all time? Derek. Uh, there must have been some technical difficulties or something there, so I'll just say, like every week, yes, of course. Oh, good. 
So original. Yep. Stacy. Is Carol Baskin the most ridiculous Dancing with the Stars cast member to date? But also the one I'm really looking forward to seeing. <laughs> She's going to be sad. Is Troy Palomalu my bitch? Next week on 60 Minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And with that stunning response, I'm going to throw it over to my man Joel for Reload Recommend. That's right, guys. It's time for your favorite segment of the podcast, the one that's way better than Jeremy's. It's Reload Recommends. We recommend things to you that we think are badass or awesome. So let's roll in right now to Reload Recommendations. Recommendations. Reload. Oh, yeah. That was a good one, wasn't it? Yeah. All right, guys. I like it. Let's get in there. It's time to recommend the things that we think are awesome. Let's roll in with Derek, Matt, Jeremy, Stacy, and then yours truly to round it out. Derek, what do you recommend that is awesome for our viewers? Listeners. Dude, so if you're thinking about trying to get into fire cooking, and you don't really want to spend a bajillion dollars on a grill. I highly recommend getting the Brio Outpost. That it is by far the best in-ground method grill. Uh, swivel grill, great. High quality, made inside the United States. Um, dude, the guys there are fantastic. Honestly, I get asked all the time what's like a great entry-level place to start, especially if they just want to grill over fire and charcoal and all the above. Highly recommend that, and it's really portable. So. I love it. Yeah, Brio makes a solid product, and they are very good people. Oh, yeah. Or up there, Straight up out of Pennsylvania. That's right. Jeremy, what you got, bro? Oh, I'm next? No, I don't know. Every every single week, I mess up the order. So who's next? Matt. Matt. Okay, I need to to write this down. You want to do it again? Nope. Let's go. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Producer Matt, do you want us to do it again? (laughs) So... Uh, so every week I recommend a song. So this week for Matt's music, uh, I've got Canadian rock band The Glorious Sons. Uh, these guys have a unique, gritty, feel-good sound and some serious indie cred as winners winners of Sirius XM's Indie Awards for Group of the Year and Artist of the Year in 2015. So from 2014's album, The Union, this is a song called Mama. Hey-o. So I have to give a shout out to our guy Paul from Grillin' with Dota because he was lurking the Reload Recommends playlist and saw I actually added this song two weeks ago and haven't had a chance to pull it up on the show yet. And he was already storying about it. So shout out to Paul for checking out the Reload Recommends playlist. Go check it out if you haven't already. Uh, This is The Glorious Sons. uh, Mama. So it's it's a jam. It's a heck of a playlist that Matt and... uh... We've dabbed. We've put a little bit into it, but Matt has put together a hell of a playlist on Spotify. Yeah, so anytime you're grilling, go to Spotify, search Reload Recommends, awesome playlist. Make sure you follow it. Every week we are adding a new song. Jeremy, what you got, brother? All right, guys. I have a documentary from 2018 called Neat, the Story of Bourbon. Um, It explores the entire history and um, just a lot of the intricacies. Ah, ah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 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 too much bourbon, bourbon. Uh, yeah. anyways 
it ex- it explores the entire story of bourbon uh, right from the beginning, all of the different stories, the competing stories of where it came from, what it is, how it's made. Uh, it's really interesting, really well filmed. It's available on Amazon Prime for purchase, or I watched it on Hulu for free. So I definitely recommend checking it out. It is a really good watch. I've been wanting to watch yeah, this it's for, on our list. for some time. But yeah, I, I it's, to, it's on Hulu if you have that one, um, or you can purchase it on Amazon. We have both, but I have to wait for this chick right here to uh, have you know, nothing going on. Which oh, she, I'm sorry. I work until 10, 1030 at night. Well, I know, but whatever. Anyways. Just kidding, guys. Stacy, what do you have? So my recommendation is something that I was introduced to when we were on vacation in Ocean City, Maryland. Um, my cousin's wife actually made some pulled pork. And what she did was, instead of serving it on some regular old buns, she got the King's Hawaiian rolls. And she buttered it and then sprinkled both sides, double action, and then toasted them on the flat top grill. And I would tell you right now, that paired with the double action pulled pork or whatever, I know I know Derek, his Tennessee smoke is, is actually pretty close to the flavor profile as um, double action, but you butter those sweet rolls and you put that savory sweet rub on there and you toast it, I'm telling you, it took our sandwich to the next level and I highly yeah. recommend that. It was very good. When she, when she got back from Ocean City, I actually tried it, so verifiable. So good. All right, guys, I'm going to round this thing out real quick. I have a recommendation, a little uh, outside the box. Uh, We're getting very close to deer season here in our country. In Tennessee, we're about three weeks out from it. If you've never tried it before, uh, Derek can attest to this, get out there and try it. You know, if you have to have a hunter safety course, you can forego that for one season by basically getting a, uh, a license that allows you to try it with somebody that already hunts. Uh, get out there and try it. Get outdoors. Like in this time we're in with our country, get out there and try something new as Stacy squeaks a nice bottle of old granddad. <laughs> and uh, I promise you that if, if anything, you'll enjoy the experience of being in God's creation. So that's my recommend, recommendation for this week. So Solid. And that is the end of Reload Recommendations. So... Pause, time out. We didn't come up with question of the week. Derek, do, you have, a, have, do you have a recommendation? Something uh, we can ask our listeners and we'll bring it up at the beginning of the next show based on feedback we get. Sound like you said NASCAR listeners. It did sound like NASCAR. Sorry, something we can ask our listeners. <laughs> Favorite? Oh, I like one. I got one. I got one. I got one. I, think, right. th- I think Derek would approve. Okay, go. Derek, what do you think? He doesn't know what it is. What's no, your, go for it. What's your yeah, yeah, yeah. favorite? <laughs> <laughs> I like that question. Yeah. What's Would your, Derek approve? Yes or no? <laughs> yes. What's your favorite unique cut com- that comes from your butcher? Something that you can't find, you know, readily available, like at your like typical it. grocery store. Okay, Derek, buddy, listen, this has been awesome. This has been an amazing show. We've laughed our asses off. We've had some good pours of bourbon. Um, you're, you have been, uh, um, a breath of fresh air to your passion of what, well, you like, who's laughing at me? Hey. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but, we just also commonly laugh at you. It's hard to tell. I know the, uh, the host y'all love to roast. All right. I took myself off, off mute. I've been laughing the whole time. Oh, <laughs> man, that's nice. Hey, thanks for coming on. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, but no, seriously, your pat, your passion in, in your cooking is inspiring to, I'm, to us and a lot of people, man. Um, go ahead real quick. Tell everybody how they can find you and um, how they can get your rubs. Yeah. 
so you can find me on pretty much all my socials. It's all at over the fire cooking or over the fire cooking.com. Um, you can also find all of my seasonings. There's the, the one link that Instagram gives you. I have that link to my seasonings uh, off of my blog. You can also find them on my blog, or you can just go over to spiceology.com, uh, check out the collab section. Uh, and that's where you can buy them as well. Right on, man. What's the one rub of yours that you recommend? If anybody's getting just one, what are you getting? So it highly, rec- like it highly depends on who's asking. Um, but if I said overall, honestly, I still think ch- the Chipotle garlic is by far just the end all be all AP. It's a crowd um, But if you're, if you're like classic Southerner, uh, Tennessee smokes hard to beat. Right so, on. Good one. Good deal. Awesome. Good deal. I love that. Well, I feel like we only like hit on a portion of the questions that I had for you. There's a lot of knowledge that I would love to tap into your brain at some point. Hopefully we'll be able to have you on at another time. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to have you back, my man. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'd love to be back. Awesome. All right. So if you guys want to taste, uh, Derek's hot arm wrestling breath, just head over there and get some of that Chipotle garlic blend. It will be a crowd pleaser for sure. Thank you guys for being a part of this show. Thank you all for listening. Hit that subscribe button. Do it. Do it right now so you can listen to that Reload podcast anytime, anywhere. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. See you guys. See you next Tuesday. This podcast is brought to you by Reload Rub and Seasoning. Head to ReloadRub.com to pick up the full arsenal of our delicious blends, perfect for amping up your next meal. No MSG, clean ingredients, and a portion of every sale is donated to Hungry Heroes, serving those who serve others. So head over to ReloadRub.com and order yours today. I swear to God, are you about to rickroll us? The, no. the, what the what? <laughs> What's that mean? Rick Ross? You guys don't know what Rick rolling is? No. no, I have no it's idea. when you build something up and then all of a sudden it's just like something really stupid. No, it starts playing Never Gonna Give You Up by Yeah, but like <laughs> Rick Astley. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that def, definitely not that. Can this, you hear is, it? this is pretty serious. Did I get the wrong thing. The volume up on the phone, Stacy? Yeah. Derek, this is how the sausage is made. <laughs> <laughs> When you see how the sausage is made, you just want to eat more sausage. (laughs) You guys. You you just start making sausage yourself, right? Hang on. What an American hero. (laughs) Can we just end it there, like at the end of his sentence and go to break and like not even say anything for the rest of that segment? That's like just end it on that. That's fine with me. Yeah. Matt, are you good with that? Yeah, let's do it. Roll the break. <laughs> All right. That's good. <laughs> just leave him hanging. Yeah. <laughs> just just music kicks your, on. Yeah, laws? the music will just just swell up. No. You're Derek, not. would you would you run through the mall naked for 30 minutes for $75 million? No, for three minutes. Oh, three minutes. $75 million. Dude. I'm hung like a stud sparrow, so I'm not worried about it. <laughs> but you, I said we I'd run for 30 like, minutes. But you might get $75 million dick. is so much money. We'd do it for way less than that. You know? 500 grand. Yeah. You I'm could, running for 30. You could cover, cover the court costs after that and still have like $250 million, So yeah. you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. But you get all this COVID on your, in your big giant dick. Dragging the floor. <laughs> Dragging the floor. <laughs> no, it doesn't oh, live on no. surfaces, Joel. You're good. As long oh, as no I'm one sorry. breathes on it. I'm yeah. sorry. You're right. You get none of like, <sighs> All right. Okay. Y'all ready to get this show started? Mm-hmm.
Let's right. roll. Here we I've go. already talked about COVID and dicks, so. Here we go. Three, two, one. Off to a good start.